just roll with it. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. This is episode 36. We're pre-recording this episode. We've got a familiar face in here, a familiar voice, Ben Chesney from Intercoastal Angler, slurping down his morning coffee. We were just talking about, uh, this is the first time I've done a recording in the morning, and and uh, same with Ben, and we're like, well, I hope we can talk about something. I hope our brains are working this morning. It's a little different drinking coffee instead of beer this time. <laughs> yeah. If you're drinking beer this morning for the podcast, <laughs> I might be like, hey, Ben, let's talk after the podcast. <laughs> but uh, we're not offshore fishing. That's the only time where you're like legally allowed to drink beer before 9 o'clock, right? Any, any fishing. <laughs> any fishing, that's true. Any slow fishing or really, really uh, fast-paced fishing, I feel like. Or good fishing. Or good fishing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, well, this is episode... 36, we're going to talk today about um, kind of spring preparation, summer preparation, go through some tackle, um, kind of talk about what the fish are doing this time of year, trading from their, their wintertime patterns into their spring patterns that very quickly transition into their, their summer patterns. I would say their spring stuff is more of like a very transitionary time. It's not a very long-lasting pattern. And then they, you get into summer, and it's kind of the same deal for months, just like winter is. Yeah, I think you nailed on the head. Yeah. Transition. The transition. Yeah. This, honestly, spring is my least favorite time to fish. Mine too. I think a lot of people. Yeah. It can be tough. It gets really tough. It's and it seems like you get these warming days and it's calm and you go out there. Oh, it's going to be on. And it's so hard to locate the fish if you're not staying on top of them. Schools of trout are starting to break up. Schools of redfish are starting to break up. Yeah, they're on the move into their summer patterns, yep. and it can be tough to locate them because with that warmer weather, I feel like you think that oh, they should be here. Uh, some of my summer spots because yeah. you feel like it's a summer day, but it's not. They're moving into those, um, moving into those spots and those different patterns. Yeah, I think knowing, I think one of the biggest things for me going into that was like really starting to pay attention to water temperatures, um, and not that I've got them dialed down. Cameron, um, he's really good about like he's got a full journal of like every day that he fishes. He takes down water temperatures. He takes down conditions, and like he's been able to go back and be like. Oh, and it was 65 degrees, these fish moved into this area, you know, and been able to pattern it. Yeah, and an easy way to do that, which I've done in the past, is I'm, I'm not very good with remembering numbers and that sort yeah, of thing. So yeah. I can remember dates, uh, certain trips off of uh, uh, maybe events. Like, here's an example. So when Arlen's daughter, Emily, was born, uh -huh. <clears throat> that week we had an epic trout bite. It was the spring. She was born in April. And, and I'll always look back to that trout bite, and I can remember those, that – that bite off of her birthday that's cool <laughs> so i'll go and look at the water temperature on uh, noah buoy data yeah and try and uh recreate that so so noah noah buoy data is a good to look back yeah they have all of the they archive all the water temperatures so that's you sweet. can you can go and look at the buoy and go back and look at your water temperatures so yeah, yeah that's, that's an genius. example yeah i've seen some of that stuff online and i haven't messed with it but there's like some apps now that you can take pick. I think it's Angler Labs. Have you heard of that Angler mm -hmm. Labs? Where it's like pretty all. It's all pretty streamlined in your app to where you can kind of just press save when you catch a fish and it'll it'll store it all. That scares me a little bit because it's like you're giving someone all the information of every place you've caught a fish. Yeah, it's a little too technical for me. It, it takes a little bit of fun out of it. It does. It definitely does. It's it's. Uh, I respect the people that are that like techy, but but yeah, just the. I like the old school journal. I try to keep up with it and props yeah. to Cameron to be able to do that. I, I feel like I've, you and I have talked about it. I've tried to start so Years. many different journals <laughs> and I'll journal like three times and then forget about it. <laughs> That's what happened to me this fall with trout fishing. I was like, I'm going to start a legit trout fishing journal. I did two like super long posts and never touched it again. Yeah. Um, on my, I was typing it up on my computer, which was probably the mistake, but, but yeah, just keeping up with those simple things, water temperature, 
even you can, but barometric pressure I think can be important. Moon phase. Um, Definitely your moon, your moon phase and your water temperature. Yeah, those are the two going in those transitional periods. Cause that's going to be where you're, uh, I guess looking for those fish. You yeah. Know, that's when they're going to, they're going to be moving. They've, Cause they follow those water temperatures they're, instead of dates. Yeah, for sure. And for they, sure. That's whether it's earlier or later than last year, those water temperatures will indicate that. Yeah. It seems like, and I don't know this, I'm no scientist, but p- people that I've heard talking about it are like, you know, some fish are more keyed in on temperature and some fish are more keyed in on moon phase. I don't know how you really know that, but that, that's what I've heard. But yeah, those are the two moving factors for, yeah, for those like fish. A, a trout is going to be both. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, well, cool. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to go through um, kind of this, this whole transition period um, talking about, you know, one of the big things that, that is so important is, you know, you've. You've gone through the summer. A lot of you probably haven't fished a ton through the winter. You know, you're getting ready for, um, and you've gone through the fall and, and you're getting ready for the summer and spring fishing. And it always happens to me. I'll open like a topwater box or something like that that I haven't touched in a little while, and everything's rusted out. Everything needs needs fixing. One time, I, I took some acetone to clean all my topwater plugs, started cleaning them, and just. All the paint came off of them. So we're going to talk about kind of what Ben likes to do for, you know, getting all his all his stuff ready for the new season. So what do you think is uh, the most important or what's the best way to clean clean old plugs and old hard baits and stuff like that? Well, the most important part for me is definitely changing out your hooks. Yeah. Um, like you said, springtime is a great uh, – it's when you get your gear ready. Yeah. You don't want to go in the summertime. If you're like me, you don't get an awful time to fish. You, you want to um, – make the best of those opportunities, yeah. especially if you get the right bite. You don't want to have, you don't want to blame lo- losing a fish or missing a fish yeah. on a tackle failure. Definitely. So you want to prepare, um, get your tackle right, make sure you change your line out, make sure all your gear is ready. If you need to get some new reels or get them serviced, mm-hmm. now's the time to do that. Cool. Um, so if people need to get their reel service, do you have a good resource for that? Honestly, I recommend if, for like Shimano and Penn, you're, Every, yeah, every main brand has a service center. Okay. I recommend just shipping them back. Okay. You can go on Shimano's website or pens and print off a service form and ship them back. And they're they're quick yeah. and they're relatively cheap. Uh, there's there's several guys in town that are good that I would recommend. Um, you come in the shop, I can give you some names. But yeah. Or if you want to come in, we keep those forms on file. So we hand them out for you guys shipping the reels back. Sweet. So now's definitely a time to do that and also get your boat serviced. I mean, yeah. all, of, all of that kind of stuff. You don't want to change your have, hubs on your trailer. Yep, exactly, <laughs> which I need to do. But now's the time of year to get that done. You don't yeah. want to be messing with that in the heat of the fishing season. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I changed the hubs last night on my trailer. <clears throat> I didn't think they were going to be bad. Michael, our buddy, came over. And we, excuse me, I just burped into the mic. <laughs> That's a first. Um, and we lifted it up. And they're not, they're two years old. And I do really focus on trying to launch my skiff without getting my hubs in the water. They still get yeah. in the water sometimes. And they were bad. They were already grinding bad. Not grinding, but just a lot of noise when you lift. If you lift the trailer up on a jack and spin the tire, if it's making a noise, you need to change the hubs. That's kind of what Michael told me is the rule of thumb. <laughs> so, but yeah, getting all that stuff ready, uh, you know, going through your boat, fixing little things on your boat. Are important, but uh, apart from you know all that, you know everything. Some people might not have a boat. Um, yeah. Tackle is like the key that you want to have right. Like yesterday, I was fishing with our friend Ray Britton, and I went into my mirror lure box and I wanted to throw the rainbow trout color. And I had like four with rusty hooks. Then I had like one where I had changed the hooks on it, but I put two lighter hooks so it wouldn't sink right. And then I had one with like the original hooks, but two of the trebles are broken off. And that was one I ended up. So oh, this looks like the best option. So I obviously need to go in and and do a little. 
do a little uh, changing. So, so let's my, see what you got. My biggest thing is I love to throw top water, especially coming into spring. That is when you can start throwing top water. I mean, yeah. you get some top water bites throughout the winter, but I love some springtime top water trout yeah. fishing, and then obviously all throughout the summer. So making sure my hooks are right on my top water is the most important thing. Yeah, because everyone can attest to. Uh, missing fish on top water it's very common reoccurrence with top water fishing so getting a good set of hooks on your top water is an important thing and through trial and error we have found the best hooks um, that will improve nice. your top water fishing um, they stay sharp your top water bites that you'll your top water bites will um, your fish will stay pinned um, your hookup ratio i guess would be the right word to yeah. say yeah um, this is the owner stinger um, it's the st4610 the 2x um right here sweet um for you, for your uh your one knocker Boom. spooks and your rapala skitter walks i like the size two okay uh, for your spook juniors you can go to a size four but it's these things are the bomb diggity yeah those are sharp man <laughs> they're very sharp believe me i had one go through my thumb this summer <laughs> oh is that what that the one with yeah, the trout yeah i had uh, literally all the way through my thumb um i can test they are very sharp very very sharp yeah i was uh i put those on some of some of my baits and yeah and not even they're sticky they're like sticky sticky and I, sharp i put these on my spooks especially the one knocker if you i don't know if you can see it but the gap on those hooks is very small i replace those hooks straight out of the box and this okay. is my number one trout bait yeah and i swear to you it will outfish most other top waters yeah. for a trout and people get nervous with a trout they think they need to fish a small top water well, it's frustrating i get people come in the shop all the time and say hey what's what's a good trout top water i go over and I immediately walk over grab the white head redhead or the redhead white body one knocker spook man that's way too big for a trout then why'd you ask me man <laughs> <laughs> i swear to you i'm not lying i've had a couple fish eat that <laughs> yeah <laughs> more than one yeah oh yeah they hate this thing they do hate but there's it. definitely times where a spook junior works better and if you want to switch those hooks out which i recommend i'd go to the uh the number fours and these uh the 10 models okay and then for uh your mirror lures your 17s and 18s we like to use the um the uh, black chrome finish models the, okay. the st 36 bcs um the size six and size fours. Uh, I know you recognize these. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, they're very sharp. And you got to be careful when you're replacing your mirror lure hooks, especially with your 17s, because through trial and error, we uh, at the shop putting different hooks on them, trying to figure out the best ones. Mm -hmm. If you put a lighter hook on them, I know some of the uh, VMCs do it. When you change those hooks out, it will literally make those 17s float instead of suspend. Really? Yeah, because we'll change out the hooks and go drop them in the bait tanks to just see those actions. Yeah, so those hooks actually help it to suspend when the stock hooks are a little bit heavier. If you put a lighter hook on it, it literally will float. Wow. And sometimes you may want that action, but yeah. it, it just know that it, the right hook uh, definitely affects that, that. Action. And I guess if you love to hook, you could put some weight on there. Like yeah, some of the can. weight strips that y'all have. Yeah. Uh, storm makes the suspend strips or storm, uh, the suspend dots. And I've put those on the 3ds minnows a lot. Okay. They, they suspend about three feet and I'll put two strips on the bottom of that. And I, I use these number sixes for those, uh, 3ds minnows okay. and that definitely. And these are all owner hooks, right? Yeah. These are owners. Uh, we supply these at the shop. Um, changing them out will increase your hookup ratio. It's crazy how sticky sharp those and things I, I are. I mentioned those 3DS minnows, and you will literally, because those hooks on those are, are smart. I think small. They come with an 8 on the back, I believe. Uh -huh. And I'll switch them out to both 6s um, yeah. for the trout, because I think technically they first designed them as a bass bait, but we've used them as, as a, some trout baits, and they've started to design more saltwater models. But yeah. uh, changing those hooks out really increases your hookup ratio. 
I like the sixes on the Miradines. You can throw on the fours. Um, it looks a little bit big, but it doesn't matter. It, yeah. it, it gets that action right on the seventeens sure. and the eighteens, and that's the that's the Stinger treble by owner, and they're awesome. One thing that I keep mentioning, I was fishing yesterday, but I was fishing with a buddy Ray, and he he was saying that he really likes to have you know his favorite mirror lures rigged with different weighted hooks. So like he can get different sink rates out of the same bait, depending upon like the speed of the retrieve he wants to do, or you know how fast he wants it to sink, or what depth he's fishing, which I, I never thought of. And even like when you said, you know, a floating mirror lure, like I feel like there's a could be cool application for that. Like, yeah, especially in the springtime when some of those smaller peanut pogies are coming through and oh, there's yeah. trotter on them, and you're maybe getting some topwater strikes and they're not, not fully committing. Yeah, they're not fully committing. Yeah. Throw that bait out there because it floats up, but when you twitch it, it kind of dives down a little bit. Yeah, it comes back up. So that's, that's a cool. very good point. Yeah, just uh, yeah, it would be a little frustrating if you that was your only mirror lure you brought and you wanted it to sink. But if you had the the ability to switch through a couple, that'd be yeah, and that'd I, be pretty cool. You, you mentioned those storm suspend dots and strips. I do keep those in my box. Yeah, um, they're very easy to apply. You can peel them on, put them on, peel them off. So if you're not getting the right action you want, or you feel like you need to be deeper. You can put them on, or if yeah. you want to be a little bit higher in the water column. Right on. Um, peel them off. Yeah, those things are nice. They stay on pretty good too. Yeah, they they stay on very well. Um, so, which is surprising. You'd think they'd get you know get some salt water in there and peel off. But well, cool. So, is there any other top water or hard baits that you recommend changing the hooks right out of the box? I like to do it to all of them. The skitter walk hooks are are, are good. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily um, super important. I I do do it just because I want to increase my chances. Like I yeah. said, you may not get to fish all the time. When you go, you want to be rigged right. You don't, sure. want, you don't want to miss your opportunity, miss your, your blow-up. Yeah. Because it's very common to get a blow-up and miss a fish. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you, putting these stinger troubles on there and will increase your hookup ratio. Yeah. So I, I like to switch them out on all of them. Definitely. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the hooks that they come with are a little bit thicker gauge wire. Um and, and not quite, I mean, they, it seems like they last longer, like that thickness, like when you're using pliers to pop it out and everything, it, it, it lasts a little bit longer, but they're definitely not as like tacky sticky where you're, you know, a fish comes up and I see with trout all the time, they come up and slap a bait and you hook them on the outside of the face because the hooks are sharp, you know? Man, you, when I started putting these stingers on there, you, um, a 3DS minute is a good example. I started catching a lot more fish in the back of the head. Really? In the, in, you know, in the tail where they yeah. come up and slap it and they get hooked. They get hooked, yeah. They're so sharp. All right, enough about sharp hooks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's talk a, a little bit about some of the other baits you, you kind of start to prep and get ready for the spring and summer bite. Yeah, you mentioned the MR-17s. Uh, those are always a good one to go with. Um, I, I do like a uh, Paul Brown Softeen as well. Yeah. Um, very similar to a... MR-17, the only reason I like this one a little bit more than that uh, 17 is it is soft. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when a fish comes up and bites it, I think it's it, they're more likely to hang on to it because Feels it does good. feel more realistic and feel that thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's a beta for some reason I like during the springtime, especially lower river. Uh, I fish a lot in the lower Cape Fear Rivers uh -huh. and some up in New River. And those fish start migrating out of the uh, creeks and moving towards the mouth of the rivers and a lot of those peanut pogies start moving too, and that's what they're feeding on. And yeah. I, I like these baits for that. Those Paul Browns, they're mirror lure baits now, right? Like you can go on the mirror lure site and get those. No, I think they're through Paul Brown. They're I still believe. through Paul Brown. Okay, yeah. cool. Or and y'all carry them at the shop as well at Intercoastal yeah, Angler. So. Yeah, we do. Sweet. And that's the 808 version. Um, yeah, I mean that it, looks so good. You can never go wrong with an 808. And I, I still like to throw some Z-Mans. Obviously, that's always my choice for soft plastics. Uh, 
trout traits, trout tricks uh, all throughout the time of the year, but, yeah. uh, especially in the spring. I've got a purple death color right here. Uh, I mentioned I'm fishing in the river a lot, so I like a, a chartreuse bait with some purple in it most of the time. Yeah. Uh, you see I brought two versions of sexy mullets. Uh, one's a scented paddlers in the four inch and one's a diesel minnow. This, if I had to take one bait into the river, fish it from downtown all the way to the lower Cape Fear, or even up in New River, but mostly Cape Fear, yeah. this would be it right there, especially during the summertime. For whatever reason, trout, flounder, redfish, it works well. Yeah. 316th ounce jig head. This is one bait I haven't fished that much by Z-Man, is that is the, the paddler Z, mm. which I need to get. Man, it's that, that it gets, swims up. so good. It I does. It I does. love the diesel minnows, but, but yeah, I need to Yeah, I know you're a big advocate of diesel those. minnows, but those, uh, the scented paddlers work very well. They're probably one of my go-tos throughout the summertime yeah. and the spring especially. Uh, if I'm not throwing a top water, that's going to be my next go-to. Yeah. Um, what do you like to uh, to rig that? What kind of hook do you like to rig that on? I rig it on a straight uh, jig head. Yeah. Blue Water Candy makes one. It's the XI Ball jig head. I fish a 316 99% of the time. Yeah. Because uh, you can fish it in shallow water, or if you fish it slow enough in deeper water, you can get down. Definitely. You can uh, use it in a lot of different water columns. If you're fishing really shallow, you could fish an eighth. But yeah. um, also, I know you've been fishing those the Texas side jig heads yeah. by uh, I strike Z man's been um, come out with as well. And they would fish well in that too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You got, I guess the thing you got to be careful about with those, those kind of swim baits where they're jointed or not jointed, but like where they've got the, I don't even know what you'd call it, but they've got the slots in the side. Yeah, so it's better. I was, I'd call it, I guess you, do you usually like to fish a jig head and, and that's a long section there. Mm-hmm. but where it would come out before that first segment you want you want the hook to come out the back i guess before yeah. it starts to segment i haven't really played with it too much but i think the jig head would probably fish it a little bit better yeah because these baits are do have two different segments in it and that's what helps it give it a lot of action when yeah. you're slow rolling it and uh, I, th- I think that that um that 316 ounce jig head would fish it a little bit better but that is a good springtime bait definitely and uh, moving in throughout the summer it's one of my absolute favorites uh, i know you go into the shop talk to ryan and andrew they will definitely agree with me there i think ryan's actually one of the ones who got me fishing that yeah i think one of the and even for myself big time one of the things i've missed out on for so long was just swimming a paddle tail like just actually throwing it out there and retrieving it straight back it back to you with maybe a few twitches but i mean you can catch fish on a paddle tail, throwing it out there and just reeling it straight back to the boat. Like it's a do nothing lure other than reel it in. Yeah, we would call that an idiot bait. An idiot bait, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> idiot proof, you give it to somebody and you say, throw it out, let it sink for about, you know, three to five seconds, depending on your depth, and just slow reel it back to you. Yeah. And uh, like you said, I've, it's something I've started doing more in the past two years. I most of the time would let it either drift in current or bounce it off the bottom, which are both two effective methods. But yeah. really slow rolling the paddle tail. Like those scented paddlers or the diesel minnows is awesome. It's yeah. probably my favorite. And it's probably the most natural retrieve out of all of those things. Oh, absolutely. It's just swimming it because you look yeah. at any mullet, all it's, it's not like it's just bouncing swimming. around on the bottom. It's swimming <laughs> down a shoreline or, yeah, or I would say it's definitely the most effective way to move it. Yeah. As soon as – I don't know. When I when I finally started doing that, I was like, I feel like I've been just fishing this all wrong the whole time. You know? Yeah. But, um, there's there's applications for different like if you're if you know fish are sitting in a in a specific zone and you want to keep it in there longer the bouncing you know and let it bounce up and then let it sink back yeah, down especially shallower water yeah it's shallower gonna, water it's gonna be hard to uh, keep that bait off the bottom um, yeah or definitely. if you're in really deep water say an inlet um, I like that drift method a little bit yeah but definitely with the current you know, yeah and, it, and you definitely still can use that slow roll um, it's probably still one of my favorites in deeper water but you just got to up your weight yeah. 
in that deeper water too, I, I like the paddle tail. I mean like the fluke style baits and like the, the trout tricks are nice too. But the nice thing is when you jig that paddle tail in deep water and then while it's falling, it's still, it's still kicking like crazy and, and a lot of movement. Yeah. I'll actually go up to a, a, a storm shad, <laughs> a storm shad? <laughs> in, in, in that situation, just a little bit heavier, like the four inch ones. Yeah. 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 Um, well let's, uh, let's talk, we'll get back to the tackle box thing, but I think, I think it's important to talk a little bit about kind of what these fish are doing transition wise, um, and, and playing into like the way that we're working these baits and the areas that we're looking for these fish. Um, you know, as that water warms, I, this time of year, I feel like the trout, I feel like transition quicker on small little weather changes, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can go jump to top water on a, on a warmer day in February, redfish, not so, not as much. I mean, they'll eat well, but it's all real slow retrieves, but like we can talk a little bit about how you can fish a little more aggressively as the water temperature warms up. So what are, what are you kind of looking for? Let's say you're fishing the lower river. So like we're talking about fishing coastal rivers near the mouths of coastal rivers. Um, what would you say kind of like your go-to routine is in the morning? Like how are you going to go about fishing an area as, as it warms up looking for redfish and trout and the baits you're going to use and the GPS coordinates? <laughs> The running joke on a podcast is to talk about GPS coordinates. Yeah. Man, honestly, the springtime for me, I'm chasing big trout. That's when you can start catching your bigger trout on top waters. They're yeah. moving out of the creeks. They're going into their um, – leaving the rivers or going to the river mouths um, for whatever reason, especially with true Cape Fear. They'll move down to the bottom um, around the lower river and uh-huh. stay there um, throughout the year and also mid-river. Um, but – I'm going to be fishing a lot of points, and top water is going to be my go-to majority of the time. And yeah. probably a soft, um, not a soft bait, but a um, a 17. Yeah, MR-17, the Amerilure. Yeah, and just looking for bait. Like I said, seeing a lot of pogies uh, that time of year. And I mentioned a while back, there's one trout bite I got on three or four years ago that I keep going back and trying to reoccur. or Recreate. Yeah, recreate. <laughs> Thank you. Reoccur, reoccur works too, I think. Yeah, but um, throwing topwater is probably going to be my go-to. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> that, and then from then on out throughout the summertime, that would be my go-to thing. Is yeah. Probably get on the trolling motor and uh, look for some points, current current moving. Just, I mean, yeah, when you and water. I when you and I started fishing, or when I started guiding, um, I've been guiding a couple of years. I still had a bunch of open slots in the summer and the amount of evenings that me and Ben spent on the water throwing topwaters was, uh, I don't know, we could probably tally them up, but maybe uncountable. We spent a lot of time throwing topwaters. There was one, I'm going to have to share this story real quick. So there was one time, this is the Tommy story with the topwater. Oh, uh, yeah. So we're sitting in this creek, and our buddy, our old roommate, throws a topwater plug, huge wind knot. So, it, But it gets pretty far away from the boat, probably like 30, 40 feet away from the boat. Definitely not because Tommy's angling skills. No, no, definitely not. Tommy sucks at fishing. I'm just kidding. Um, and and uh, the he's sitting there. The topwater's just sitting on the water, and he's untangling this big wind knot. Um, topwater hasn't moved at all. And right about the time he gets the wind knot undone, a fish blows the topwater plug up that's just been sitting there. Who knows if the fish has just been sitting there staring at this topwater um, for a while before it ate it, but did he catch that fish or no? I, don't I can't remember if he did, not. but I, I think he hooked it. I remember him hooking it. <laughs> Tommy, we do love you, man. 
and we miss you. But um, but yeah, so top water is pretty fun. I you, you think about the spring and it's like the opposite of the fall with the bait. So the fall is all falling out, and so those fish are sitting on points and around inlets and all that. And I feel like you get that same um pattern in reverse in the yeah. springtime as the mullet and the menhaden are coming back in. But same thing, like I said, look for your bait. Yeah, definitely, definitely look, for, look your for your bait. That bait's coming back in, the fish are warming up, they're ready to gorge themselves. Yeah, and even if you don't see fish blowing up on it, look for where it gets nervous, you know, because you might not see blow-ups on the surface, but if the bait's getting nervous as it, as it comes to an area. I, so, I swear, like, down in the river, you can sit on almost any point, and if a school of mullet swims past it, like they're gonna at least get nervous. <laughs> yeah. There's always there's fish on a lot of those points down there. Yeah. Um, well, what about? Let me ask you this. Yeah. I mean, you do a lot more shallow water red fishing than I do. And a lot of times, or throughout the winter time, those fish are on flat, schooled up. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point do you think they start breaking up and moving into singles and smaller schools and spreading out? It seems like it seems like April and May. That's, April, yeah. It, it gets pretty tough that time of year for me. Like like you're saying, it, ch- it changes then. So. Yeah. I feel the same way about trout. Trout yeah. fishing, that's when I really start to pick up and look for those bigger trout in for the sure. lower river. For uh, sure. It's April. Yeah. I would say by the end of May, beginning of June, it's like... Summertime. It's summertime. Um, it, it can still sometimes be a little tricky to stay on them. Um, but the April and May, this huge transition. I, and I think, honestly, a lot of those fish, just like they do in the in the fall... They move to those inlets or those areas where a lot of bait's going to be coming through as the water warms up and hang out there instead of hanging out shallow. You know, they've been hanging out shallow with all the other bait that's sticking around in the winter because they can feed on that. But then they're like, all right, there's a highway of bait here. They're moving to those inlets. They're sitting off the beach a little bit. Going towards river mouths. Going towards river mouths, you know, where they can be closer to that bait. And then as that bait comes in, then they follow it back into the marsh and fill in. Yeah, I feel like the trout are the same way. Yeah. It's uh, it's frustrating time of year though. I, I kind it of is. just had that realization more just now. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to do a little more inlet fishing this, this uh. But but I do in the spring, man. You can crush the redfish on the jetty at Wrightsville Beach. Like uh, it's it's kind of uh, or even the near shore wrecks. But some of the best sight fishing off the beach that I've had has been like late winter, early spring. You get those calm days and like that April, still clear, still super clear, and there's a lot of fish that sit out there. So, I think you know we're so used to schools sticking around for a long time here, like in certain areas. But I don't think it's necessarily like I've really started to believe it's not like the exact same fish sitting in an area for a long time. I think it's lots of fish coming in and out and moving and we're transitioning moving, like, to other I mean, spots. It's, like I said, it's a holding spot that's going to have fish the whole year yeah. or that whole season. But there's lots of fish moving around and branching out and. Um, I followed some fish the other day polling that swam from one spot to another spot that took me like 15 minutes to pole after. It was like 200 fish, and I just wanted to see where they were going. I wasn't even trying to catch them at this point. I was just pulling my butt off after these fish, like staying about 50 yards behind them, and they were just kind of slowly waking down this creek. And I've seen you pole fast. I don't know if you remember <laughs> when we were in the, the Keys oh, once. Yeah. And we we Trying were to keep up frustrated. With we frustrated with the ocean side fishing, so we bumped into the um, back towards the glades. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> we were messing around with some sharks, just passing time, and all of a sudden, about six or seven jumbos came swimming by, and they were high telling it. And you stayed on them pretty good, pulling. <laughs> that might be why my back so messed up. <laughs> yeah, we were more uh, well prepared, not goofing around like like we normally we do. We might have might have had some good shots. Yeah. It's, I guess, you know, maybe they don't seem spooked, but they probably knew we were chasing them the whole time. Hey, like, look at these idiots. If you see anything, don't eat it. Yeah. Slow down a little it's bit. Not make, safe. make them think they're catching up. Yeah, for real. Um, well, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for that transition. Like, 
this time of year I get so antsy because like we're right on the cusp of like everything kind of starting to change and, and not even just redfish and trout, but I mean all that near shore fishing, uh, the flounder fishing is probably going to be excellent this year. Well, something else we haven't really mentioned is your near shore fishing gets good. We got yeah. the, uh, the Atlantic Bonitos and the Spanish mackerel and the near shore king mackerel fishing gets really good too. Yeah. And that starts kicking off and probably later later March, early April. And yeah. that's a, that's a blast. Something For sure. to knock the dust off your gear and then it lets you know if your if your reels need to be switched out or not, <laughs> what you need to be doing. Definitely. Change your tackle out, but that's a lot of fun. You know? So if someone were to come in the shop and say, Hey, I want to target those big Spanish in the spring and I want to target the Bonita um, and I want to cast to them. Yeah. What would you recommend lure-wise? Lure-wise, uh, some sort of casting jig. Okay. Uh, Jigfish makes a couple good, really good jigs, probably in a three-quarter ounce range. Uh, go natural. Blue, silver, pink, and silver are probably my two favorites. Big Nick makes some good uh, Spanish candy jigs. Those work really well. And then um, as far as casting, that's that's probably what I'd go with. Fly fishing. Yeah. Small clousers, gummy minnows, small presentations to match the bait yeah it's a match the hat situation definitely especially with the size those fish key on their size of your bait um also color but really on that size of bait so you want to get as close as you can if you're fishing a smaller bait and they're on some bigger silver size or anchovies or whatever they're eating yeah. on, then you're probably not going to catch as many as if you're fishing the same size of that bait and especially true when they're on the very very small size oh yeah of bait. that's crazy it's so frustrating that and it blows my mind that they can be that aggressively blowing up and still oh, be able to pick apart what thing. they want to eat. Like Especially in the fall if you're doing some false avocado yeah, and you're sport fishing and they're blowing up all around you and you can't catch them. I had a day last year where I was out there and Ben came out on his boat. And I was like, yeah, there's tons of fish out here, but it sucks. I can't get them to eat anything. And then they came out and whatever they had, they wanted. And he was like, oh, we're catching them really good. And I was, I had clients on the boat and. I was like, all right, we're going in. This is so, so frustrating. <laughs> so, um, but springtime's definitely, if you want to catch a big Spanish mackerel citation, Spanish, that's your time of year. Obviously, your fall too, but we do get it two or three weeks uh, right off our beach, but especially to the south of us with uh, some big Spanish mackerel. Um, and obviously, your, your true Atlantic Bonitas. Yeah. What is the. Uh the range that you feel like most of those fish are in, are they right on the beach or you having to go off to, you know, three, five miles to get on those Benita? Man, I'm definitely not the best person at that. I'm, I'm definitely not an expert, but a three two, sometimes close is a mile and a half, two miles, but all the way up to five, 10 miles, yeah. especially yeah. the Benitas. But I think it's really water temperature and bait oriented. Yeah. I think another thing that people really miss out on too this time of year is that like the and and in the spring is that near shore um and even like inlet fishing for um or any inlets with structure so the, the structure closest to the transition points like the inlets for fish to come into the sound is that sheepshead fishing like there's a lot of good sheepshead fishing opportunity um on the near shore racks as we go from now until summer. Yeah. Um, and those fish push in shore earlier than, than people think too. I, I think last year it was like end of April that we caught sheep's head in shore, like pretty good. Or maybe it was May. I can't remember exactly. Well, um, a lot of that's good now too. People, yeah. If you're looking for something good to do right now, that, that spring, uh, or the, sorry, the early spring, I guess yeah. late winter, late sheep's head fishing on the jetty and near shore structure is really good. If you're looking for something to for kill sure. some time. What is, what is, when is spring? I don't know. I always call this late winter, early spring, but I'm like, I really don't know when spring Probably starts. Time in March. In March, yeah, that sounds about right. Hey Siri, when is springtime? 
Spring begins March 19th and ends June 19th. There you go. It, there we it, go. It, Thank it you, It runs Siri. a little later than I thought as well. I would have considered June to be summer. Yeah. That doesn't sound right. She's an idiot. She's an idiot. We're the idiots. We're just asked when spring is. <laughs> spring is when the weather gets warm. <laughs> On a springtime fishing podcast, we probably should have started with that or yeah. at least known when spring is. Yeah. So now we know. Thanks, Siri. Um, hope we don't have to pay Apple for that, Ben. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that's that that uh, sheepshead fishing is really cool. It's hard to find crabs this time of year. Yeah, um, is the problem. Yeah, when we have live shrimp, that's always good. But you can get clams at some of the um, fish markets, or go dig your own, or yeah. um, using blue crabs works good. You quarter them. I'm trying to think, maybe buy frozen sand fleas. That's it can be all right. But definitely that fresh bait is what you want. Fresh it really makes good. a difference. I've yeah. seen it even with dock fishing having frozen shrimp versus fresh shrimp and then obviously live shrimp, but you're going to get way more bites on your fresher bait. They, they yeah. can tell. Yeah, they can definitely tell. Um, if you do, if you do not have fresh bait though, and you saute your shrimp in a little bit of butter before you put it in your taco box, your, your bin and take it out there. I'm just kidding. Man, I've done that so many times <laughs> to go to the fish market and buy about a pound of shrimp. Yeah. Just cause it, it definitely makes a difference and go and fish and still have some left over. Go cook it. Go cook it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the opposite. Go cook it. And if you don't eat all your, all your shrimp, you take it out of the boat the next day and fish it. I don't know if that'd work. That'd be a fun test though, to, to take some cooked shrimp like that you cook for dinner, put it on a hook where you know there's redfish there and pitch it in there and see if they'll eat it. Like, and have a couple different types, fried shrimp, uh, shrimp scampi. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm a big advocate of some garlic scent, garlic procure, garlic bang spray. That's true. Uh, so garlic shrimp. Salt, we were missing out on something. We might be. The fish just come flocking to that. I'm going to, I'm going to try it. I think that'd be a funny video to do. Um, yeah. Well, let me ask you, what's your, uh, go-to spring redfish baits? My go-to spring redfish baits. Oh, it depends, man. Um, usually I'm going to be fishing a soft plastic yeah. on a jig head. And do you think they're more aggressive in the springtime with that warmer temperature, so it may not as matter as much. Yeah, th- there's definitely that, and and from now until summer, you have the opportunity to catch those fish on top water. It's not the best. So like we're throwing nothing but top water. So we're throwing nothing but top waters, but it's not the best bait to throw at yeah. all times. But if you have four or five days of warm water and you really got to read the fish, like if you're looking at the fish and they're all swimming on the bottom. You're not. There's no way they're going to eat a top water. But when they're real happy and they're flashing a lot and they're floating up near the surface, they'll eat a top water all day. So you really just have to to read those fish to figure out what they want to eat. There might be sometimes too where they're they're floating, you know, mid water column or maybe up near the surface, but they're not aggressive enough to eat a top water yet. Fishing a bait like a Paul Brown or something that's suspending. Um, or just a really light jig head that you can just kind of swim through with a paddle tail. That works better. You just want to try to fish to where they are in the water column. Um, and so lately it's been um, a light jig head, throwing it out, you know, away from the school, dragging it into the middle of them and just shaking it on the bottom, barely moving it, just kind of shaking it around and then they'll pick it up. Um, but very soon we'll start to see, um, you know, more aggressive, more, more aggression from those fish as it warms up a little bit in the spring though. I didn't even really answer that question. I just talked for about five minutes about something else in the spring. I would say, um, God, you know, what's a, you know, what's a good one. If, is that water starts to get dirty is a paddle tail with like an underspin. I started fishing that last year. A good really? bit. Yeah. It's a, it, it's just a good search bait. It has a little more presence in the water. It's not going to be my sight fishing bait, but that's a good first bait to start to like blind cast with in areas because it's not too aggressive, but it gives a little bit more, um, 
it, the fish are going to be aware of that bait a little bit more than puts just out a paddle some vibration. Puts out and, some vibrations. Yeah. I've seen a lot more. Those, those underspins have become more popular. I haven't fished them. Um, but yeah, they're cool because like you can't really do it with a spinner bait. You can't like stop and jig. I mean, I'm sure you could stop and jig a spinner bait, but like if you have an underspin in your hand, you're blind casting, and then all of a sudden you see a redfish. You still like in shallow water, you can still pitch that up and bounce it around. Like they're that little blade on there is not going to affect you know if that redfish bites it like a you're fishing a jig head. So it's a good bait to kind of when you're starting to speed up your fishing a little bit. It's probably a good, good side fishing bait too. Yeah, for sure. Burn it past them; it's gonna they're gonna see it more. Yeah, they're gonna see it. You can feel it too, like when you start to speed it up, just like a spinner bait. Yeah. You feel that. Man, that might be a that. good bait for me. You know, since I have yeah, a little color blind, <laughs> yeah, side fishing, I can see it. See that flashy silver or gold thing underneath there? That's your bait, Ben. All right, keep reeling it. Oh, it's gone now. He ate it. <laughs> see how your rod's bending? <laughs> Now set the hook, buddy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, there's so many baits. Like I feel like we get so set in um, fishing just the normal stuff. I remember I got hooked on watching, and if y'all aren't watching this pod or watching this YouTube channel, it's called um, Tactical Bassin. Total. It's all about bass fishing, but these guys break down all these different baits and lures. Um, to like, I mean, they'll talk about uh, underspin for an hour in a video. And it sounds, I mean, a lot of YouTube videos and stuff you see, you know, it'll have a good catchy title and you click on it and there's not much. You're like, all right, there's really no like depth or wealth in this, like uh, this conversation. But they, everything they say is like something that is, is good to know about that bait. But man, I started watching that and looking at some of the stuff they're fishing. Everything we get in the redfish world if I feel like at first was something that they were bass fishing with. Oh, absolutely. So if you can kind of look at some of the new stuff and stay in, in, uh, and check with it, like one bait that I know, uh, Chris Bush from Spreckle Truth was talking about trying, um, is, is a spy bait, which is like a little hard bait with a propeller on the front and back. Like you fish it, like maybe like a, like a Yozuri 3DS minnow. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about that for trout, but just like trying to stay ahead a little bit and fish, especially on pressured fish, fish something that they haven't seen. Excuse me seen or been like aware of yet so um that was a good plug for for their one of my favorites is in the past couple years i know you are you start fishing a lot too is a chatterbait oh yeah that That chatterbait's great the funny thing about a chatterbait too is like a lot of times the bite you don't feel a tug you feel nothing like all of a sudden you feel the chatterbait and then it just you don't feel anything because i swear those fish follow it for a little while and eat it from the back surging forward. So you're just like reeling it at one speed and all of a sudden for like a split second, it just goes like pretty slack. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that wasn't Louisiana. I think the fish here eat it a little bit different, but those, I'd say that'd be probably a pretty good springtime bait, especially in some of your darker water. Yeah. It's always one of my go-tos. Do you have a color that you like? Uh, chartreuse and white. It's probably my go-to. Chartreuse and white. Mm-hmm. Especially in that dirtier water. Yeah. It, um, what about you? Yeah, I would say probably white. White or chartreuse or like a dark color if I'm fishing. Yeah, black and purple. Black and purple is good. One of my favorites, yeah. too. There's a Z-Man, man. They make a ton of different styles of chatterbait. Yeah, well, I think they own it now. They, they own chatterbait now? I think so. I think okay. they bought the rights to it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I could be wrong there, but uh, I think they, that's the case. That's the case. Yeah, there's different uh, different styles that, that all work a little bit differently, but... Um, you can take those those a lot of those bass chatterbaits. Like I know there's like the very simple redfish chatterbaits. Yeah. But you can also fish all those bass chatterbaits, and even from from Z-Man, you can buy these packages of like different colored skirts. So you can like change your skirts oh, yeah. out and everything, and 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 really play around with the color. 
Do y'all carry that, the skirts and stuff in our coast? We don't. Um, it might be something that we might have to look into, yeah. especially with our expansion, having one more room. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, right now, we're just packed to the brim. <laughs> it's always a challenge getting new stuff in, trying yeah. to figure out where to put it and what the axe and get rid of to replace it. Yeah. Uh, so it's like y'all are at the point right now of if you bring one new product in, you usually have to push one out. Yeah, usually it ends up in a bucket somewhere. Or, <laughs> or, or somebody's tackle box somewhere. Yeah, or the new product just gets thrown on the bottom shelf. It's especially true with the Z-Mans because there's, there's Z-Mans uh, coming out with a new bait every day, a new color. We're always trying to get it. And yeah. we're just out of space for them, so we'll just line them all on the bottom. <laughs> Z-Man's like a drug, man. See, opening a, a tackle box and just having – stacked with like those blue soft plastic packages is i don't know it's appealing the marketing is well done and those baits are cool those baits are really cool um let's talk a little bit about this tackle box here there's so many new companies there are new companies and um other companies that have been around like coming out with these really nice like stepping up the tackle box game like crazy yeah and we mentioned um especially so true for for me i like to get all my tackle in order um, change my hooks out on my plugs. And this is something you asked me earlier and I never answered. You said, said something about cleaning your plugs. Because yep. when you have a bunch of rusty uh, hooks or plugs with rusty hooks together in a box, they're going to get rust on them. They're going to get dirty. You use acetone, something that I've found that works well for me. Acetone does not work no. well. No, acetone <laughs> Acetone takes bad. the paint off. Yeah, Don't if you use want some acetone. clear lures, acetone works well. <laughs> But something I've found that works well for me is vinegar. I get like vinegar? Some, yeah, oh, white distilled vinegar. I'll have a jug next to me and paper towel or a rag and just douse it um, and wipe it down. Or I think even soaking it would help get that. Soaking it, it in the yeah, vinegar? Yeah, because it's not going to take that paint away, but it will take that rust off. Yeah. One thing I found, too, is like an old toothbrush. If you have that little mm-hmm. bit more built-up rust, don't use anything too coarse because it'll, it'll start yeah, it scratching the paint. paint. That's I like it, just a paper towel. Yeah, paper towel works great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but changing out your hooks and then also when changing you, split do you change the split rings pretty often too it not if it's necessary if, if it's your necessary. split rings are rusty or they're staying open they're not closing yeah um, and let me say this um, something to change your life with changing these hooks out it's a pain in the butt to use your fingernails don't do that buy you a good set of split ring pliers it, yeah it makes this process so much easier it's a nightmare trying to do it without it they're you know 10 to 20 dollars just do yourself a favor and get a pair yeah. keep them at the house your fingers will be your thumb will be sore <laughs> yeah i mean it will go from a, a very negative frustrating experience you're going to come in the shop and want to punch me in the face to um, <laughs> being happy don't punch ben in the face at the shop Please don't do it um, in the parking lot but what i'm saying is if you got a bunch of rusty plugs in a box chances are your box is going to be rusty too and you don't want to put a bunch of brand new clean plugs with new hooks back into that same box. Yeah. Um, so go get a new box as well. They're not too expensive, 10 to 20 bucks. But I wanted to show you these new Plano Edge boxes uh, that just came out with. Um, they're pretty cool. They have a, that new mirror lure box I think I showed you. Yeah, yeah. Post on Instagram. They've got those. The, um, they look like little. The little spikes. Spikes. Yeah. Rubber. But like tons of little spikes in there. Yeah. But it holds your mirror lures so that your hooks won't get um, attached. You're not trying to untangle them. They're yeah. pretty cool. But all these boxes, um, they come with a dry lock seal on them. So they're waterproof. But they also have a rust restrictor tab in them that helps uh, suck that water out of your box. Um, Sweet. And they're really tough. I jumped on one yesterday. They didn't break. Yeah, if you don't believe that, go to the Intercoast Angler uh, page on Instagram, and there's a video yeah. of Ben jumping uh, on it. We might have had to get someone a little bit heavier to really test the product. You should just keep testing it and see what the breaking weight is. That's a good idea. And then post that person's weight on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. And I'll shame them into losing weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll <laughs> but, probably be me. Man, I'll tell you what. What's really cool, and 
I don't, I don't know why, but this is one of my favorite parts. Is I hate getting a new tackle box and having to get a pair of scissors and cut all those dividers. Oh my and gosh, have, it's it's a pain. But Plano came, they took all the dividers and pre-cut and have them in a in a clear plastic sleeve. That's sweet. So, so that is uh, worth the money right there. Uh, but these things are cool. They've got, like I said, they got Let's a seal. Go and that's Let's the Plano the Edge box. Plano, and I go sorry through, for y'all that are listening. I go through quite a few boxes of breaking especially on the hinges, but these are uh, pretty tough. So if you're changing out your hooks and cleaning your lures and need some boxes, check out these new Plano Edge boxes. We got them at the shop. Um, they're sweet. Those are sweet. Yep. And they've got uh, – do, do the uh, the ones with the, that hold the mirror lures, do they have rust restrictor, yep, restrictor stuff? Yeah, all three of them. We carry the 3700 series, 3600 series, which is this one right here, and then um, the that crankbait box I think is what gotcha. they technically call that. The one with the uh, the pointy rubber things, but it, I, I kept I kept having to walk by it and pull them out and put them back in because it's kind of fun. <laughs> it looks like uh, I don't. There's a there was a toy when I was a kid that looked like that that you built stuff out off of. I can't remember what it was called, but it looks just like that. It reminds it's like a I'm not gonna be able to remember it. I can't remember anything nowadays. I'm getting so old. But yeah, so that's can you think of anything else spring fishing wise that I would say as to sum it all up, I know we were a little bit of everywhere, but your fish are transitioning out of their winter patterns, obviously. I think they move to inlets, river mouths. Like you said, the bait's pushing in there. Um, they're coming out of basically of hibernation, if you yeah. want to think of that. They're yeah. looking to gorge and spell, especially their trout. They're looking to start spawning. So they're going to, especially big females, are going to be. Yeah. Um, gorging themselves. Yeah, they start getting big like, this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> or not this time, but soon. Yeah, soon. yeah, gorging themselves. Uh, look to your river mouths. Look to your creek mouths. It's your bigger creeks. They're going to be coming out of those creek mouths, moving and transitioning in towards your inlets, yeah. um, your bottom of your rivers. Look for look for your bait, obviously, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, your redfish are going to be splitting out as well from those flats, uh, moving towards the inlets as well, yeah. maybe some deeper holes. Yeah. Um, just looking for that bait. Definitely, um, and you can start fishing a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, which is fun. The slow rolling Maybe is a almost bit over. Less closed too, which makes spring fun. Yeah, but yeah, you it don't can have be, to. It uh, can be a frustrating time of year, but if you go out there and put your work in, go towards your river mouths, it can be very rewarding. Yeah, it's it's probably uh, my f- favorite season to look for a bigger trout. Obviously, fall, but it, your people, bites are less, but the fish are usually bigger. I don't know if you can get on. If bites. you can get on good, they can yeah. Be, yeah, that's Believe true. Me, that's true. I, I know where I'm going to be around <laughs> Emily's birthday this year. Nice, <laughs> especially around that full moon in April. You you love Emily's birthday every year. She's like, why oh, does yeah. this guy love my birthday so much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bring her these. Uh, I don't. Yeah, never mind. But um, but yeah, sweet. One thing that I would say too is like, yeah, don't get frustrated. And and if you know where fish are right now, um, you know. Stick with those fish and start looking at some of the stuff that you remember from the spring. Every time you go out, check one or two spots that, you know, is a warmer water spot for you. Um, don't, I mean, it's not worth devoting a whole day yet, but it's worth trying to like figure out if that stuff's starting to happen. So yeah. especially it's look for places adjacent to your inlets and yeah, um, definitely. So creek mouths, deeper docks around your inlet. That's important too. I, yeah. like to, I think, yeah, I think uh, the one other thing I meant to say, is a lot of us, you know, you're on the water this time of year and you see trout. You'll go in a creek all of a sudden, especially in this clear water down here, and you'll see all these trout laying in there. And you're like, oh my gosh, I found the mother load of trout. And you can't get them to eat, 
remember where those fish are. Yeah. And as it starts to warm up and those fish start aggressively feeding again, maybe there, and a lot of times it takes like just a little bit of color to come back into the yeah, water too. Two to three days of warm. Too. Yeah. Two to three days of warm. And those, those fish can, uh, can fire off and, and make you pretty happy. Yeah. So. Right before that transitioning period. That's yeah. a good point. I didn't even think to Definitely. say something about that. Definitely. You, you see, some, see some trout, <laughs> you get a couple, a warm week and you go back there and they might fire off for you. Definitely. I've seen some big trout come into the shop. Um, with that same same situation scenario for sure it's uh ben gets a couple texts from me every spring where i'm like dude i found all the trout when are y'all getting shrimp in again i can't get them to eat so um cool uh one more reminder uh, I, i'm gonna keep reminding everybody of this because i think it's cool uh the the eastern current fishing uh group on facebook it's different than the eastern current fishing um page where we do the live videos this is a private group um Private just meaning you have to like, you know, just ask to join it and you can hop on there. Um, and, and it's where we can all talk and share and talk fishing and ask questions. And it's just a cool, hopefully going to be a cool community of people that enjoy listening to this show uh, and for a place for them to interact and hopefully build relationships to fish together, you know, share experiences together, share knowledge together, learn. Um, so that's Eastern Current Fishing. Slide on there and uh, slide into our DMs. But, um, yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in. And, and Ben, as always, Ben is like my go-to whenever I've got to pre-record a show, I'm calling Ben. Cause I, I, these are always my, my favorite too. Cause it's so conversational. Like we're talking and hanging out. I'm um, your last ditch effort. He's my last ditch effort. No, you've been on the show a ton. He's third time. <laughs> third time. So, um, yeah, Ben is, uh, Ben is super knowledgeable and really, uh, really ta- nerdy tackle dude. So he's a, he was a good one for this one. Yeah. <laughs> and especially all the guys at the shop, Ryan, yeah. Andrew, Chris, you know, Blair, Arlen, definitely come see us. Yeah. If you it, have any questions, we'll definitely show you all of this. We can show you these hooks I talked about. We stock them, we keep them in stock and it can change, change your life. Definitely. Yeah. Go see them at intercoastal angler. Um, they will, uh, they'll help you out. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll show you everything that you need. And guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I will, uh, I will see you live again next week. And one more little reminder about the series that we started, uh, the Weekend Warrior series. So every other week we'll be posting just to YouTube and just to the podcast platforms, but we'll just be interviewing um, different different guys that we're calling Weekend Warriors, if you will, um, guys that just get to fish around a busy work schedule and are productive. I'm kind of a Weekend Warrior. You are kind of a Weekend Warrior. So <laughs> we might have Ben on again for the Weekend Warrior series. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I like to be the opposite of weekend warrior. I, I've started to not like fishing on the weekends. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't either. I, yeah. I try to avoid the weekend, but sometimes you just got to go. Oh yeah. You can go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well guys, thanks again. This was episode 36 or seven. I can never remember, but uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Later.